0: This is
1: the OANDA podcast.
2: This is the OANDA Market Insights podcast, talking to OANDA senior market analysts from across the world about the latest market moves and business stories. And today I'm joined by Ed Moyer in New York and Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon.
2: Let's start with the UK, Craig, before we get to all the events in the United States and across the world. Latest GDP figures out today, the economy shrinking by 2.6% in November. These figures were slightly better than expectations.
0: Yeah, they were. I think um, the the expectations were, I think, more than 4% contraction. So it was actually much better than what was uh, expected. And I think, more importantly, it was far, far better than what we saw when we were in lockdown in April, May time. And the reason for that, and this is where the kind of the, the thing that spurs the optimism, uh, it's the fact that clearly businesses are adapting. This is not ideal for any of these businesses, but the fact that schools at the time were still uh, were still open, the fact that things like manufacturing, construction were still going, and uh, and that businesses had adjusted was a massive positive restaurants doing take, uh, doing um, deliveries or takeouts um shops doing click and collect these are all adaptations in, in, in to a large degree that have happened since that first lockdown and that's in a really encouraging sign because we know that the lockdowns are here to stay for the next month or two probably maybe even three so the fact that businesses have adapted so well is a really encouraging shot sign. just overall as far as the economy and the the recovery is concerned But obviously, we're now in another lockdown that's even stricter again. So that is going to have a greater toll. But it does give you encouragement, the numbers that we saw from those uh, November readings, particularly with the services sector, which accounts for more than three quarters of UK GDP.
2: And as you say, we are in a a new lockdown here, which is uh, supposedly stricter than the one back in November. Having said that, there is still quite a lot of traffic on the roads, which is surprising to see. It's almost as if there are a number of lockdown loopholes these days. So a lot of people are out and about, which suggests the UK economy might not shrink as much this time around either.
0: Yeah, the difficulty, obviously, is that things just still aren't open. So people may be feeling a little braver or there's more people who can still go to work uh, and are still encouraged to do so. So there, there is things like that is going to be supportive for the economy, but maybe also explains why the numbers uh, are not improving as much as they did uh last year of course there is obviously other factors as well the new variants etc uh, which is um, which is having a significant impact as well but as you say there's there's a very different feel i think about this lockdown as well but that's natural the first lockdown we thought was going to be 3 weeks long and that would uh that would have a great impact we're now 10 months on uh, and we know that this is not going to be lasting for only 3 weeks so i, I do think people's attitudes have uh, also changing uh, as well as um uh, as well as anything else and i think to uh, to an extent as well we know a lot more than we did back then
2: let's have a look at today's markets uh they're down today what is behind that and they're not down significantly but enough to take notice
0: no it's nothing overly considerable i think what we're just seeing really it feels like these markets have run out of steam a little bit there was so much that was mostly wrapped up in december then we had the georgia runoff elections last week and that uh that 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 resolution meant the, the major risk events were mostly behind us the most notable one remaining obviously being covid and one thing that the georgia runoff did is it meant that we had that blue wave in the us on the positive side that means a massive stimulus program on the negative side um it means possible changes for tax which may be harder to implement but and it's the inflation side which i think really gripped the markets this idea that if inflation rise faster than expected then is the fed going to wait as long to taper its bond purchases is it going to wait longer to is it going to wait as long to uh, to raise interest rates and what we saw is us yields actually rising and i think that may have had a psychological impact on these markets, combined again with the fact that we are seeing rapid COVID spread in the UK, but around Europe, across the US as well, and other countries. We're seeing cases appearing again in China, for example. So I think that take took the the kind of edge off things um, as well. And we were also heading towards earnings season. And sometimes you can see this when we're going into an earnings season. If there's nothing else major to focus on from a positive perspective in particular, then you may just see the foot come off the gas a little bit, a little bit of fence sitting because it's right. Let's wait and see what the first few companies say and get a better idea of how this earnings season is going to be. And when you're looking at an earnings season as uncertain as the ones that we've had to become accustomed to, then maybe that's maybe that maybe that's. Part of the reason why we've just seen a, a slight pullback, but like like we said earlier, it's nothing overly significant. Even oil prices, oil prices are off three percent today, but WTI crude's at fifty two dollars. That's a perfectly good level as far as WTI crude is concerned. And since the start of November, it's, it's it's rallied extremely strongly to get to the point that it's at now. It, it's rallied from thirty five dollars, thirty four dollars, up to fifty two. Fifty two is perfectly perfectly fine i think we're just seeing again a little bit of profit taking kicking in the dollar's making a bit of a comeback so that take that has a bit of that acts as a bit of a drag on these commodity prices the dollar obviously making a comeback because u.s yields are rising so i feel like we're just seeing minor corrective moves in the markets but at the moment this moment in time it's nothing more than minor the one thing i will say with stock markets generally though is you do sometimes see i feel in first quarters that the the It feels like things are a little less positive. And I don't think if we do see a bit of a correction in these markets, I think we should view them as being a healthy correction rather than being anything to panic about. And sometimes there is this tendency to kind of get caught up in any corrective moves that we do see, especially for some reason when it does occur at this time of year.
2: Indeed. Now, uh, we are ahead of a, a massive week for the United States and indeed the world, really, with the inauguration of Joe Biden. And we discussed um, in detail uh, last week the uh, problems uh, across the country and uh, particularly, of course, with the capital. But uh, things have calmed down a little bit. Massive numbers of troops, though, in Washington and all of the 50 United States. Um I want to turn to you now ed it's all about as far as the markets are concerned about business is concerned joe biden's stimulus proposal and that is what they have their eye on at the moment
1: very much so and i think what we're going to see is uh sadly uh we we all hate partisan politics but right now what we're we're getting is uh, some resistance from Republicans over Biden's 1.9 trillion uh, COVID relief bill, and and I think what you're going to see is that you're probably uh, and, and I think a lot of people um, have to remind themselves that it, you know just because we got the blue wave doesn't mean we're going to easily see um, uh, everything that Biden requested to get done. I, I think um, y- you have to uh, remember the way. Uh, the, the Senate works is that, you know, to move legislation through uh, a lot of these, well, uh, um, demands or, or requests are, are needing 60 votes. So that means you need 10 more Republicans to buy in on on Biden's uh, proposal. Uh, so so uh, what you're going to see is that the one of the, the big resistance uh, from Republicans has been that state and local aid, um, which Biden is looking for $350 billion. Um, I, I think what you're going to see is that, you know, the, the, the markets, they're, they're forward looking. And, and right now, I think, you know, 1.9, that's the starting uh, offer for, for Biden. I think, uh, the consensus is that eventually you'll see them settle on something around 1 trillion. Uh, you know, the, 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 one thing that we have to remember is that even some of the Democrats, I think, um, the democratic Senator from West Virginia, uh, Joe Manchin, he, he's already, you know, um, you know, voicing concerns over uh, that that price tax. So there there's there's going to be a lot of negotiations over these next couple of weeks, uh, and I think the the expectations are that you're going to see uh something gets done by um, I think early February. Um and 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 there there is you know one one you know I think and the reason why you know we're not seeing uh while stocks are you know for the most part still pretty close to these record highs, uh, that's because with with that blue wave, you know, Biden will still be able to get a lot of his budgeting um, through uh, reconciliation. So so there's there's going to be, you know, I think not. That you know, major concern that you know, oh no, we might not get any stimulus. We're going to get some. We're going to we're going to we're going to see it, and I, I think that's what's going to you know ultimately provide a much stronger stock market I think for the second half of the year. But um, we we should see limited I think dips um, going forward, and, and a lot of that you know coincides with you know what we're going to get from Biden, and then also what the the Fed has been signaling.
2: And signs of inflationary pressure in the economy i mean could that lead to rate rises in the medium term at least
1: it depends on who you're asking uh if you're asking the fed chair uh the answer is no i think that um we we we're, were starting to see the emergence of some um optimism for you know the second half recovery uh feds bostic was also you know touting that you know we could even see a case where we raise rates at the second half of next year uh but fed Chair pal i think um and it's unusual for uh, the Fed Chair Powell to deliver such a strong message at a Princeton webinar, uh, but nonetheless, it was his uh, his uh, a major appearance yesterday. And, and what that signaled was that uh, you know he is downplaying uh, inflation right now and, and all these forecasts for inflation to rise this year. Um, I, I think yeah the Fed could be wrong, but what the Fed is doing right now is they you know they they signaled that uh, they're they're going to make sure that this economic recovery is not threatened by uh, surging yields. That's why you see the 10-year yield. It, it hit a brick wall once it grows just above 118. Um, and, and, and Powell is, is very clear in noting that, uh, and, and other members too, that you know we might need to see inflation over 2% for a year before we really start to consider raising rates. I, I think the Situation in the labor market that needs to really improve itself, and and uh, even if, if we do have uh, a lot of jobs come back, you know, there there there's still um, I think uh, the potential of some long-term damage that this pandemic has de- um, provided to the the labor econ labor market, and and that's that's going to keep the Fed maintaining this aggressive stance. You know, the, I think uh, Powell also clearly uh, noted that you know they're not they're they're now is not the time to be talking about, you know, tapering. Um, you know, the bond buying program is, is going to remain, I think, uh, at, at these current levels throughout the entire uh, 2021. I, I think y- you're, you're probably going to see that the, the Fed is going to do everything possible to kind of thwart any concerns of a taper tantrum. Uh, and, and Fed Chair Powell, and uh, I think a lot of the, a lot of uh, the other policymakers are on board with that. Brainerd, definitely. Bullard, yes. Uh, Bostick and Barkin, they've been kind of, um, I think, some of the providing some of those hawkish comments. But I, I think there's no doubt that you're going to probably see, um, you know, if the economic recovery improves. And, and right now, you know, there's so much short-term risk. I think that uh, you're, you're going to see that the, the, the Fed is, is, is not going to have a strong, you know, any difficulty in saying that you know we're we're, we're still not near uh, a position to dis- start discussing that. So so, um, I I think you're going to see that the Fed policy is going to remain very consistent. I think in the first half of the year, and uh, you know once the recovery improves and uh, hopefully that'll be at some point in the summer as the economy reopens. I I think you're going to see that you know you know, it, it seems that we always have a, a big moment at Jackson Hole, and that might be at the end of summer. So I think that's why, when we could start to, to really talk about inflation and, and, and uh, you know, how the Fed is going to uh, adjust policy because the recovery is, 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 is running uh, full steam. So so I think right now we're still, we're still in the midst of this pandemic. And uh, I, I think right now, you know, policy is, is not going to change anytime soon.
0: Everything Ed said is correct, and I'm in complete agreement. The only thing I'd add is that we have to remember that the Fed only recently amended, uh, slightly amended, Uh, its own mandates uh, in terms of uh, interest rates to ensure that the markets believed that they were committed to keeping interest rates lower for longer. So if they now go and follow the same path which they have previously and and effectively preemptively raise interest rates to stem inflation and keep long-term inflation projections close to 2%, they'll immediately undermine their own mandate changes uh, and they'll lose credibility in the future. So they've almost backed themselves into a corner now where they can't, unless you're seeing significant inflation rises in a very short period of time, they've backed themselves into a corner where they can't can't act in any other way, bar what Ed has just uh, alluded to. And this would be the wrong time to signal any changes, because the last thing you want to do is spook the markets at a time when we're still very much in the midst of a pandemic, still very much uh, in economic hardship.
2: And Ed, in a sign of optimism, three of the big US banks have released $5 billion worth of loan loss reserves. Is that significant?
1: Uh, very much so. I think there's optimism. Borrowers are being able to repay their loans. I think that you're, you're seeing that uh, large parts of the economy are still performing nicely. Uh, and, and I think what we're seeing, uh, uh, the, the bank results uh, from JP Wells Fargo, and Citigroup, they they, they they tell an interesting story. I think if you remember throughout these past few years, um, earnings results uh, over these last three quarters. uh, Typically, what we would see is, you know, the banks would kick it off, and they would just have, you know, stellar trading numbers, um, you know, strong, strong profits, and a very upbeat assessment about the consumer and the potential outlook once we're on the other side of COVID. And it it seems that right now, uh, JP Morgan record profit. Uh, But Citigroup and Wells Fargo, their results weren't as stellar. I, I think what we're starting to see, too, is that um, there's there's a little bit more of a concern that, you know, eventually, you know, these uh, extreme trading and investment banking revenues are going to start to taper. And, and what was very important to, to uh, pay attention to was also... Uh, some of the comments from uh, CEO diamond. I, I think what we're starting to see too, is that there's uh, a concern that uh, eventually you're, you're going to see uh, China, Chinese banks start to make their way. And I think diamond is like, you know, he's eyeing that maybe in five to 10 years that you're going to see uh, some, some uh, stronger, stronger um, competition from china on the commercial side so so i think there's there's starting to be a little more risk here on the banks the banks have been you know rallying strongly alongside treasury yields and and I, i think what when you you know, take into consideration what happened with the uh, ten-year treasury yield this week. Um, I think there's just been a little bit more skepticism here. That okay, maybe it's not time to just completely uh, go go all in on on looking for banks to outperform. Uh, and and uh, so so right now you're you're seeing a soft start, which is not what we've you know seen throughout the pandemic for the banks uh, when earnings season begins. So, so I think it's it's providing a little bit more concern as far as the consumer, too. Um, so this is a, a very, uh, one of the more downbeat starts that we've seen in recent times. So, so I think that you're probably going to see that, that the banks, um, you know, all financials are going to be a little bit under pressure. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, it'll be interesting to see if uh, when we get the rest the Morgan Stanley's and Goldman Sachs next week, if they, they provide a, a similar story.
2: Okay, uh, Craig, of course, we'll look ahead to the week ahead on Monday, Uh, but there is a bit of activity on Sunday from China, isn't there?
0: Yeah, so it's overnight Sunday night that we get uh, a bunch of uh, data from China. We've got GDP uh, for the quarter, we've got fixed asset investment, industrial production, retail sales, a whole batch of uh, a, a very noteworthy data that I think these markets do pay very close attention to and can sometimes almost set the set the mood ahead of the weekly open in Europe in the US. So I think that's one thing that's worth keeping an eye out for. Obviously, in the US, there is a bank holiday, so certain markets uh, are going to be closed for trading. So it's going to be a shortened, work, uh, shortened week as far as the US is concerned. It's also going to be uh, quite a quiet day uh, as a result on Monday. Um, and as you say, we'll go into the week ahead um, uh, at the, on the podcast on Monday, but it's just worth noting there are a bunch of central bank meetings next week, Bank of Japan, Bank of Canada, ECB, um, and a bunch of PMIs on Friday as well. So there's no shortage of activity for the latter part of the week, but we may just kick things off with a slow start, obviously, um, depending on how uh, those chi- those Chinese figures uh, do um, do perform overnight.
2: Okay, guys, thanks very much for joining us and have a very good weekend.
0: Thank you. Thank you, YouTube.